Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You're tuning and listening to the Cinematic Odyssey here on United to the Moose. It's been quite a while since we've uh, recorded an episode and released one. It's been probably about a month and a half, maybe a month. Yeah, about a month. Max. It's been it's been a while. You know, I, I went to Europe. You've been camping, doing work in the oh, woods. Yeah um chopping down some trees for some paper i don't know um I saw a snake oh you did yeah <laughs> it was pretty cool was it a poisonous snake not to me venomous no no not to me not to you no it'll kill like small animals oh, 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 bites oh me, i'm fine oh. oh okay 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 thank yeah where 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 have you like um been camping like just in west virginia yeah um yeah for the most part it's throughout the state so um we end up uh, taking trips down to um uh the monongahela national forest which is like this it is a national dark zone uh they've got a telescope in the forest and so there's no added bonus is no light pollution within like 50 miles Oh. of the campground and so i got super lucky the last time i was there which was like two weeks ago there were no clouds so we could see oh so wow stars. that's incredible gorgeous wow and we we you know we've been up to the highest point in the state uh spruce knob mm. uh, at sunset which is just gorgeous um but that's that's sort of the the highlight of of i guess the past month so far nice you said you went to europe that's right went to europe i went to england um in a little town like a coastal town called whitstable um about two hours south of london um yeah stayed there for a few days and then went to Paris after that hung out around Paris for a couple of days as well went to the Louvre that was amazing unfortunately couldn't see all the artwork that I did want to see but I did take pictures of a bunch of uh, paintings that I was blown away by you know and also I got to see the Mona Lisa which I guess is pretty cool but it's funny I there's a in that room where it is so there's a giant line to see the Mona Lisa, but it's kind of condensed in the middle of the room. And so you can walk along the sides of the room because there's more paintings on the side. There's painting. There's a huge painting on the opposite end of the room called the wedding at Cana, uh, which is stunning. Um, huge too. It's ginormous. Uh, and so I, I just kind of walked to the side and I got to see it and it was pretty it was kind of underwhelming I mean it's a just a small little portrait of a yeah. mysterious woman Mona Lisa um, yeah I mean sure I got to see the Mona Lisa but there was other paintings I was more impressed by um, but yeah that was that was probably the highlight uh, for me at Paris and then um, went to Italy Ooh. went to Rome Got to see the Colosseum. Um, that was pretty cool. 
Were you entertained? Yeah, I was very entertained. Great. Um, I'm kind of shy. The the tour guide explained the engineering, <laughs> the engineering behind like the stages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just I laughing at my gladiator. <laughs> I'm cackling at my gladiator reference. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the engineering behind like the stages and how they there's like lift and pulley systems is pretty advanced, considering it's like two thousand years ago. Uh, so that was cool. Um, but most of other parts of ancient Rome were reduced to rubble. <laughs> the only things that are left standing is like the occasional pillar. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I mean, it, on one hand, it's kind of tragic because it's like I Loki would love to see ancient Rome, but considering it's you know two thousand years old, uh, and it was made out of like material that was one expensive and was notoriously unreliable for you know um, keeping itself together um, when exposed to weather limestone and like other rocks but anyways i also went to the vatican saw sistine chapel saw la pieta um absolutely stunning and i saw the school of athens uh by Raphael. so that was awesome um yeah and then we went to florence for like a day or two well two days but more if more felt like one day and then uh and then i went back home and that was cool. Yeah, it's been it's been it. I've been watching. Quite, I watched. I I I caught up on a lot of new releases from last year mm-hmm. on the plane rides. Fair. So I saw some films that I've been wanted to watch last year, but I couldn't watch. Like Women Talking. Oh, I saw that. The Fablemans. Nice. Um, all the Beauty and the Bloodshed. That documentary about uh, Nan Golden. The activist who was tearing down the Sackler family. Sackler family? Yeah, the pharmaceutical giant, like corporations. Yeah, I forget which pharmaceutical corporation they own, but they own one of them. But basically, they're responsible for the the opioid. Opioid? opioid epidemic in the in this country <laughs> yay yeah so yeah that's uh yeah we talked about that and all that um or i watched that and i also watched artificial intelligence mm. uh from steven spielberg the film from 2001 or that came out in 2001 Absolutely incredible. I mean, like, that's one of his best films he's ever made. Like, full stop. It's such a brilliant um, examination of what it, you know, the emotional capacity of, like, human beings and, like, what it is to be human. Because basically it follows this, this robot boy, AI boy, that is made for a family and the whole purpose of this boy is for it to love its parents or the person it imprints on. So in this case, in the film, the mother, 
love the mother unconditionally. Ooh. And the the original kid, like her biological son, was in the hospital. Like it looked, he was looking like he was gonna die, whatever, and all that stuff. And so they got this, they got this boy, a prototype, um, to kind of, you know, be a a permanent fix for the loss of their child. But the film, the film is, yeah, I mean, it's very powerful, um, brilliant work from Steven Spielberg. You know, it was actually, um, it was the brainchild of Stanley Kubrick. So he, he helped write it before he died. He wrote, he wrote kind of an outline of it, but it's mostly Spielberg's vision and his work primarily. But Kubrick had some, uh, some level of influence on the project. But I also, I also saw Ocean's 12. Honestly, have you seen any of the Ocean's films, Max? No. No? Okay, you got to watch them. Because uh, they are a lot of fun. Steven Soderbergh uh, in that trilogy is, I mean, some of the most entertaining films you'll ever watch. And, you know, Ocean's Eleven, that's a classic. I mean, iconic film. That one's one of the best heist films I've ever seen. But Ocean's Twelve, like it kind of, I mean, it's basically the same formula, just in a different setting. Mm-hmm. But um, man, it's so much fun. I actually, I feel like I'm more entertained by Ocean's Twelve than I am Ocean's Eleven. I don't know what it is, but it's just like there's, there's just like, a very infectious energy about it. That's just so, you know, palpable. Yeah. So that that was great. I also rewatched Wolf of Wall Street on the plane. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was wondering where that was coming from. That was like the top of your list for new discussion. Oh, Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Yeah, I dude. It was like the first one you put great. down. Great. Wolf of Wall Street's great. Have you seen it? No. Oh, dude. dude. I, I, I feel like we, we should start anticipating that answer a little bit more. We should start yeah. anticipating the no. We should be prepared for that now. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for a little bit. <laughs> We know. <laughs> and then I saw um, Inland Empire, David Lynch's latest film. If you exclude uh, ta- um, Twin Peaks, the the last return. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The third Is that season. what it's called? Right. The last return. No. W- whatever. It's season three of Twin Peaks. The return. They'll return, yes. The they'll return, return. Yeah. Excluding that, this was the last film that he's made, feature-length film at least. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say about it other than wow. And David, are you okay? And um, not Laura Dern, you are a legend. And. David, you are also a genius, but are you okay? That's kind of what I have to say about Inland Empire. It's a three-hour nightmare. Fun. It's, yeah, it's 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 so incoherent. <laughs> so incoherent. Um, that but great. hey, hey, 
if um if you're a fan of uh, David Lynch, which I know you are, you'll probably enjoy it. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, and then I also saw Spike Lee's Bamboozled, which I th- I think is something worth talking about on the podcast at some point. But just a quick little thing about it. It's like a it's a satire um about this black TV writer mm-hmm. and he creates a show a minstrel show. Oh. Um <laughs> oh, in boy. in the contemporary time in the year 2000. Um and he yeah, basically Spike Lee is like you could it, there's a very visible sense of anger that he has um when you're watching that film and i mean the satire the commentary that he um displays is just utter genius i mean like it's so ahead of its time it's i mean it's extremely relevant like the the commentary on um black entertainers and their portrayal in media and how like the black culture is like this highly consumerist product. Like it's this product that a lot of, well, particularly white people consume, like hip hop, um, more most specifically. And so the film kind of is a scathing, very, very scathing um, criticism um, of how you know, how black people are portrayed in, in media and in America. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. Very, very uncomfortable to watch, which is certainly the intended purpose, but it's also very funny. Okay. Um, and then there's some points where it's like not very funny. <laughs> but yeah. Um, great film. And then oh. I saw Inglorious Bastards masterpiece i uh, okay not a masterpiece but one of quentin tarantino's best films um and then i also watched barbie recently and then uh yeah taste of cherry oh yeah i I know that was a lot yeah that was a lot (laughs) i've been making it to the um to the theater way more than i ever thought was actually possible Uh, Since our last episode aired, I have been to the theater five times. I saw four movies, um, and one had technical difficulties in the midst of it. Uh, Let's see. First one saw No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence can do no wrong, in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is somehow underrated despite being so good especially at comedy Mm. um she's fantastic i then sat and watched the departed nice it did nice it did have my jaw on the floor for like the last half hours at several points nice but i think for the day after i saw it i spoke with a boston accent so I don't really know how I feel about that. I felt <laughs> I felt very, very mob oriented the next day. 
Was that the first time you saw it? It was. Mind blowing. It's so good, huh? Yeah. One of Scorsese's best. I mean, it was very honestly, good. it's so good. The, I mean, I recent I just saw his released trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be great. Oh yeah, one of the best films of the year. I'm calling it already. It might be, maybe the best film of the year. I mean, you can never count Scorsese out. You can't. He's a legend. True. But, I mean, that may be too early to call, so we'll see. I'm trying to get more into the um, idea of just putting on a movie instead of having to, like, have it be a whole spectacle where I've got to get in the chair and I've got to make the whole night centered around watching this one movie and just kind of just sit and do it. And so I did. End of June, I sat and I thought, oh, you know, this will be a quick hour and a half jaunt and i watched minions the rise of Gru. no way you watched that <laughs> and i hate myself for it <laughs> that was punishment for crimes i didn't know i committed <laughs> you watched uh, that yeah <laughs> oh my gosh why did you watch that because it came out <laughs> When when did that even come out? It came out last summer. Last year? <laughs> oh, what did you think of it? I, I thought it was bad. No. I said I, I I wrote in my review. Um, why did I do oh, one and a half? Stop giving the minions dialogue. It hurts. <laughs> and I think the one and a half stars mostly comes from the soundtrack. Which rocks. But like, I don't think it does anything special or fancy. Plus, like half an hour of the hour and a half film is the minions talking to each other, which (laughs) I don't know if you've ever heard the minions talk, but they don't speak English. They speak a weird amalgamation of French, German, Spanish, and... (laughs) banana and i i think i broke just a little bit um just a <laughs> little bit that evening oh my god i almost quit i almost quit but i i finished things i promise ah <laughs> oh, i see you saw see past some- lives i did the very next night dude i want to see that so bad that was phenomenal. We gotta see that. We do. <laughs> that I I came out of that and I was awestruck, dumbfounded. I loved it. Um, and then I had like a two week break because I was at the beach, and then I was in the woods. Oh, nice! Dodging snakes and such. Um. Got to see Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, which I really loved. Um, I w- I was a big fan of the philosophy behind the movie. Uh, did a, a a late night jaunt and watched Kingsman: The Secret Service, the first one. Uh, it was my first time. Like I I'd seen the movie enough times, but like actually sitting through it all the way through, I really like it. I really like how that movie is put together. I think that that is a good watch, except for the fact that there is so much blood. There's so much blood. 
There's so much violence. Oh, they go overkill with it? I don't like it. But it's also a really good movie. Like, uh, a guy gets cut in half. Oh. oh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like a cartoon. Like a piece of paper. Like, 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 a sl- like a stick of butter. Oh, that's a wonderful image. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you... you, you oh, did you watch lot. Saw or did you watch Secret Service Kingsman? Um... I think it was Kingsman, mostly because they were all speaking in British accents. Yeah, okay. Sounds uh, like something being saw or like Final Destination. Jeez. I did make it to the theater to see Barbie. I attempted to see Oppenheimer, but sound quality was poor, and so I'm attempting it later in the week. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the, all that I went to. Of course... I did see one more movie uh, over the past month, which was today's episode topic. That's right. That's right. Taste of Cherry. Taste of Cherry. Abbas Kiristami, legendary Iranian filmmaker. I mean, what is there to say about this man? That hasn't already been said. Well, for those that aren't familiar with him, this film was the first Iranian film to win the Palme d'Or in 97. Um, Kiristami, aside from that, has made many masterpieces, including this one, in my opinion. Um, Close Up and Where's a Friend's House? And there's like two other films that are part of this Coker trilogy, as he calls it which is Life and Nothing More and Through the Olive Trees, which I've all seen. I've seen all three of those. Um, Close Up, I also want to see. And then Certified Copy. Um, But yeah, he's made other films as well. But Taste of Cherry, um, I think is his most famous. I mean, it's between that and Close Up. But he's like this kind of meta filmmaker where he blurs the lines between what is fiction and what is reality and there is a taste of that well sorry no pun intended uh in the end of the film (laughs) that was great and um um but he he goes into that heavily in the coker trilogy he plays with this like this line between what is reality what is fiction because what you see in those films happened but didn't at the same time i don't know it's weird um and then in close-up it's kind of like him experimenting with the documentary uh and like the narrative film so he, he he has a very storied history with like mending the the traditional narrative structure of filmmaking. Um, although he doesn't really do that too much in this film, but I mean, I mean we'll get to it when we get to it. But most of it, the majority of it, is like your traditional kind of linear story. Although, despite that, that doesn't even begin to explain the heavy philosophical 
uh, titan that this film is because yeah it is not it's it's not exciting to watch but it's also very um enthralling at least to me yeah i'm with you yeah now if i were to say one thing i in reading the short summary of what a taste of cherries taste of cherries about i i'm like this is going to be interesting this is going to be gripping philosophical beautiful i wish that i had not read what it was about prior to watching the movie because the the way that the circumstances are revealed ever so slowly throughout the film if you already know what's happening it's not interesting it's not a reveal it's not like we're getting a new piece to the puzzle we're getting the same pieces that we were told before going into the film hmm. so like being understanding that the driver, um, and I will butcher his name. Ah, body. Yeah, body. Wants to commit suicide and have somebody bury him. Knowing that puts our my knowledge basically at the 45 minute mark. When he finally reveals it to the second person in his car. Out of three. Like he doesn't even tell the first guy the soldier, what he plans to do with the hole. And going into this with no knowledge, I think would have been far better for me, far more gripping, I think, in trying to discover what, what what's going on and what, what is driving this man figuratively and literally around, um, why he's so desperately looking for somebody um, and why he needs that. Like, I feel as though the philosophy takes a back seat to icebreaker questions. Mm -hmm. And body feel body is consistently trying to get to know the people that he is he's in the car with. Not they're not getting super far into the um, debate of is this something that we should do morally? Should we disregard our faith to honor the wishes of, of one man? Should we, how do we respect live do, lives? Do we respe respect our own life more than the life of another? Um, we don't, I don't think we dig as deep into that because so much of the time is spent trying to establish who this person is and where they come from. Because body doesn't take any personal questions. He doesn't answer any personal questions. He, his only goal, he, he is there. And the information that we have about him is he drives. He is dug his, himself a grave. He plans to overdose on sleeping pills and commit suicide. And he needs somebody to bury him. We don't find out why. He, he's just done. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, 
we know he's in he was once in the military but that's about it yeah yeah we never know or find out what happened in his life to lead him to this uh, moment or to this um crisis i guess um but that's very clear that it isn't necessarily important for us to know that because he's already made up his mind um you know i don't think regardless of the motive for mm-hmm. him to want to do that uh it, it won't change his mind right like his mind is set on doing this thing and uh that's kind of the more important aspect of his character yeah because it's like you know the film is is trying to prod us into like well one sympathizing with him but i think truly understanding what you know why why you know what what's what's going on with his relationship with him and like the world around him like the people around him the the literal earth because that's all that's mentioned quite a lot and there's like visual motifs yeah of like dirt dust being kicked up like you know he's surrounded by like pretty much of like a mix like a rock barren some concrete plant i don't know <clears throat> and yeah. um and it's like that 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 relationship that he he lacks um between those things and himself is an aspect of the film that um is very subtle about i think like i don't think it's necessary i mean it's there mm. but i think you have to kind of parse it out yourself to figure out you know what's going on with these uh these images because you know there's a shot where he's standing and he's, it's a shadow and you see the shadow of um like a like a conveyor belt that's uh dropping dirt off and rocks mm-hmm. and then it falls down like a waterfall yeah um and you know you see him like pass through it and and whatnot and obviously his his grave that he dug for himself and it's and, like you know can you put 20 spadefuls of earth on top of me if i don't wake up you know these these kinds of things yeah but um you know what i thought was was intriguing about him though other than that was i mean there's lots of things intriguing about him but also too like his kind of i think i mean i i feel like he was trying to search for someone in his same position or someone that maybe kind of went through what he he's going through it's like i don't know he you know at the beginning of the film when he's just kind of driving around looking for somebody you know all these people looking you know asking for work and he completely ignores them he stops at one guy who's watering some plants and then he's just like "Mm, i'm gonna keep going yeah and then he finds this kid, this young kid uh, soldier who had just been drafted, um, you know, puts him in this car and then he goes for they go for a drive and, 
yeah, they then he kind of starts this habitual um, icebreaker session of questions, like this kind of onslaught of questions about the kid, like what he does, where he's from. Um, mo- like he he repeats he repeats a lot of the same questions. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I mean, I, I, I see where you're going with that, that looking for this uh, person in his shoes, because I mean, he, he, with the, I mean, he succeeds in finding someone who has been in, on the brink of ending their own life at the end, but also with, with the soldier, with that first um, passenger, he keeps prying about, do you still, do they still count the way they used to in, in, in the force? Is this still the way it happens? Re- reflecting on his past experience, trying to find that that common thread, hoping mm-hmm. that you know that that little bit of uh, commonality is is enough to get him to do that thing. the The other thing is the first two; they don't <laughs> they don't talk him out of it. They're just like, no, I'm not going to help you. I mean, the first guy is just like. I think he's creeped out and he wants to get, yeah. get back out of there. So he just yeah. kind of runs <laughs> like he doesn't really know what he's getting into. Probably thinks he's about to get murdered. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> yeah, he probably does. But I mean, he was a young kid. He, he, yeah. he was like, oh, he's just going to bolt. Yeah. The, the, the seminarian, he, he hears it all and he's not like he's not in the in the act of, hey, don't do this to yourself. It's like, well, you know, it's wrong, right? You, you know, it's you know, it's a sin. Which I'll be honest, is probably the least of his concerns. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you picked the wrong argument. You pick the wrong uh, the hill to the wrong hill to die on. Yeah. It's not, they're not trying to get him to stay. They just refuse the work. And I, I, I think, you know, stumbling into um, Bagiri and, and getting the chance to drive him around and have that talk and just kind of listen to him chat about how everything is. Like, the ending of the film is ambiguous on purpose, I think. But I believe that from the moment that Bagiri is in the car and starts to talk about why he he loves life, I think that that body has decided that he's not actually going to do it. Um, a, because, and I might be reading into this, there is a, a shot where the car drives and takes a fork and it takes the fork to the right. And the yeah. fork to the right is in sunlight and it is lit and it is, you know, bright. The other fork is in shadow and is in darkness and is not uh, lit. Going away from the land of death into the land of the living, sticking mm. with the, the brightness of day. Um, and I, I, I think that this decision is true because you can come to the idea of, yes, I'm going to do this thing. But as soon 
all he's looking for before it is it, before it happens is to find somebody to throw those 20 spadefuls of dirt on top of him. And he's so used to hearing no, and he's so used to like not having somebody do that, that when Bagiri agrees, he's like, oh, crap, this is actually my last night. I'm actually going to do this tonight. It's not just, you know, I'll have to go out and find somebody to <laughs> throw dirt on me tomorrow. I'll be dead tomorrow. So I've actually got a, uh, my time is up now. Mm. He was on borrowed time for a while, but now time is up. And I think that's what makes him get out of the car. Because it's the one time that he's not in the car. I think. Well, no, he's up on the tower with the workers prior to the seminarian. But it's like. Most of the film bodies in the car. Yeah. One of the few times he's not is he has to he chases down Bagheeri to beg him to make sure he's not just sleeping but he's actually dead before burying him i genuinely thought when he did that when he like rushed out of the car i genuinely thought he was gonna sit, tell him like no never mind i changed my mind yeah that's what i thought was gonna happen fair but i i think that the fear of being buried alive outweighs the um the fear of death because i i believe i think that body wants full control over how he goes as well body wants i think body wants full control over how he goes he, he doesn't want to leave it up to chance he he wants to overdose on the pills he doesn't want to use a gun he doesn't want to get shot by somebody he doesn't want to die in a freak accident he doesn't want to be buried alive he wants to take his pills and fall asleep in the grave but he's afraid that it won't work and i think that that the asking to make sure that he's uh, dead before burying him is that that you know lookout that little spark where it's like i kind of hope that i don't die if i don't die everything will still be all right yeah yeah But I mean, I don't know. I think you're right on like the control aspect. But I also think um I think despite that whole monologue that uh he hears um from the last guy. Mm -hmm. I, th I think he still is like, all right, I want to do this. This is something I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, I mean, the last shot we see of him is him looking at the sky at, at night inside the grave. Right. We haven't seen him take the pills. I mean, it's up to our interpretation to see if he does. Or, yeah, it's ambiguous on purpose, as you said. Um, but, you know, I think... Um, 
despite like regardless of his of his choice um it, that that monologue that we hear while mm-hmm. he's driving the car um is so beautiful i think yeah. it, it's it's very kind of laid out kind of very bare and and very simple and straight with kind of this 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 um perspective of life and you know the same man he as we mentioned he was close to committing suicide but you know the rope that he wanted to use wasn't working whatever and there was a mulberry tree and he was picking some of the fruit and he was eating it and there was kids from the school that wanted some so he gave some to the kids and then he took it um took took the mulberry berries whatever to his wife and um and like that was like the defining moment where he wasn't he changed his mind and he decided to see life in a different perspective he saw the beauty he saw the beauty in the things around him and that's that's kind of what i was pointing at with with body he doesn't see that in the things yeah. around him he kind of is like oblivious to it and he kind of just flat out refuses to see it you know when he sits down at the park when it's sunset and he sees like kind of like the city and he sees the sun setting like right there in front of him like all this um all this 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 place teeming with life and you know all these all these little things that one takes for granted uh, similar to kind of like yee yee, right? In in the sense that it's like pointing out the mundane, uh, the the mundane aspects of life that yeah. we take for granted on a daily basis. Absolutely. And you know, I think Body has kind of thrown that to the wayside, and he's just you know solely focused and in this echo chamber of of negativity. And obviously I can't I can't speak to what it feels like to be in that uh mental state because I mean I've never never been depressed to that point. Um and I know it's like it it's insulting to tell someone who's in that depressive state to be like, oh just put a smile on your face, just be happy, you know. <laughs> no, it'll absolutely work. No, yeah, which is you know the last thing you want to tell someone who's in that situation. You know, that's that's the fine. That's literally you don't ever want to say that to them. Um, and yeah, so I, I mean, I can't I can't speak to that. You know, that emotional state, but. I think it's I think it's important to to kind of never forget like the beauty of life. Um and most important most importantly, your own. Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't 
I don't sit so heavily in. I I enjoy I I agree with you on the monologue and that it it it's finding the beauty in the mundane the 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 the, the good little things that happen every day that we don't notice because we're too worried about other things, you know. The I don't I don't think that his decision or his mindset body's mindset is as relevant. I mean. What I focus on is that last part that you were talking about with um, life and um, the value that it has, because there's that that conversation with a um, with the the seminarian. Your to kill someone else is wrong, and it's a sin. To kill oneself is a murder just being perpetrated by the victim as well. It it's still I I that that sense of it being a, dis, a disregard of the life that we've been given. Uh the, the fact that it is the permanent solution to what may, might be a temporary problem. The and body says that he's at the point where he he chooses he does not want to go on anymore mm. he is he is he's tapping out he has said that this i've reached the end of my rope i would rather not live out the rest that god has planned for me and so that that sort of I find it interesting the two reactions that body gets to explaining what his plan is. The first is it's wrong, don't do it. I will not help you. Um the second is I've been there. Don't do it. I will help you. The I mean, we could open up uh, the hypothetical of where Bagiri is in we're back in 1960 and he's going to attempt suicide and he's asked for help from another person and he's asked an additional person for another strand of rope and that one works and and he ends his life. There is that hypothetical, but there is a certain beauty in the failure to take one's own life that allowed him to find the beauty in his own life. Yeah. Like that, that lovely little bit of irony there. It's not happening as much for body. He's relying on others to, you know, finish the job once he's, once he's done. His his way of, of of ending his life is a little bit more assured. Yeah, it's less up, it's less up to chance. Mm -hmm. And well, is it though? I mean, it's just the because because he, he's asking for people to help him, and it, once he finds somebody, then he's gonna do it. But there's no guarantee he'll find someone that would be willing to help him. 
That's true. Yeah. But yeah. he's still in that. He's not looking for that beauty. I don't think. I mean, he he's not in the same position where he's climbing the tree and he crushes the mulberry and then he eats some and then the, he hears the children. He's doing all of this in a barren place. Yeah. He I mean, I think I think, again, you're right in that he's given up like this is the end of there's, the road. Yeah, there's no hope. He has no hope. Right. Himself. And it, it's not going to grow overnight either. Like, I don't I don't think that Bagheeri, you know. Is successful at talking him out of trying. But I think that only if he tries and fails, will he actually begin to be on that same path as Bagheeri. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the maybe this is a stretch, but I think Bagheeri was thinking, um, you know, if he helped him, that would kind of put body in a in kind of a shocked state where he didn't expect someone to actually help him. And but finally someone did offer to help. Yeah. And from the fact of someone actually offering the help, he wouldn't even do it. Absolutely. Um I don't know. But it you know it's interesting though. Uh because he asks everyone. Well, he asks the first two people, like one of the very first things he asks them. What do you do for a living? What what's your op- occupation? What's yeah. your job? And then he never asks uh Bagheeri. Well, one because Bagheeri was monologuing, so he was talking the entire time, so he didn't really have room to even say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one thing. But um, you know, he drops him off at his job and then he he runs back. And um, and then he and then he asks him. Um, uh, you know how you get the quails in your bag or whatever. And yeah. he's like, I kill them. I kill them for my job. I kill them. <laughs> and um, I, it's like he's. He's both he both recognizes the beauty in life, but also destroys it. Yeah, it's it's like. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's there, but I don't know what it means in the grand in the context of the film. I mean, like a little tidbit. I mean, we could we could do the same thing with the the first passenger, the soldier. Yeah. He murder is wrong unless it's the enemy, in which case it is righteous and good and patriotic. Um, you know, the like like sitting on that 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 morality hill and and judging and saying this act is better than this act, because in Islam, the act of burying someone who has committed suicide is 
also a sin. I believe that's like a mortal sin. That's one of the the, the things that you cannot do that the Quran states. Oh. Uh, that's and that's one one of the other tricks that is is making it difficult for body to find somebody to um help him out. But Bagiri ag- agrees to do so, understanding the risk, understanding the 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 moral and religious implications of this this action. Oh. And he says it's he he needs the money. He needs the money to help his son with anemia. Or I, yeah. I think maybe he's his grandson with anemia. Either way, someone's got anemia and they need help. But the the his need for the money and, and his desire to help somebody else outweighs his own concern for his own soul in helping body. And I, I do really like that idea of is some because that's sort of sacrifice there on Bagiri's part. He's agreeing. Yeah. He's agreeing to basically put this black mark on his soul in, in his faith to be able to potentially save a family another, member's life. Yeah. Someone else's life. Like one life for another. And 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 not just any any one life for another. It's not just choosing between, you know, you or me from a third party. It's himself. That that element of altruism, that element of sacrifice, that element mm. of compassion. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like Bagiri himself is dying. Correct. Yeah. But it's it's that that mark of taboo. It's yeah. that of yeah, you can do it. You really shouldn't. Like if we're if we're talking about the if we're doing the same thing in Catholicism, it's the same. I think believe it's the same as a mortal sin, where you know that's uh, I don't know. It could be like burning down a church, committing murder, um, worshiping a false god. Uh, yeah. You know, going through those ten commandments. Yeehaw, Catholic school. Booyah. Um, <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Beer all week. <laughs> the like, it's it's. I I believe that's one. It's one of the more severe things that you can do, and to say that my faith, yes, my faith matters, but not as much as the life of another person. And I think um, through that decision that he makes, I guess what I was trying to get at with a life for another life is because he recognizes the mental state that body's in and he he recognizes look i'll attempt to maybe persuade him to you know talk him out of it but you know i'll try to tell him that look there's there's a lot more to your life than you may think right now but i'll help you because i know that you're very set in stone with doing this and um i'm not gonna force you to not do it um but i will help you because i know this is what you want and that's not my it's not my place to change to force to you know change your mind i mean um even though he tries 
to change his mind, but um, I guess it's not. Well, it's up to you whether or not it was successful or not. But despite that, he said he he still agrees to help him. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think um, I think that's one of the most. it's it's a it's a tough decision you know in a man and is like you mentioned like it's a permanent mark on his soul right the whole the mortal sin aspect of it yeah but he i think it's probably the most humane thing i guess to do Mm -hmm. because it's not his life you know it's not his life he doesn't ultimately have the final say in what body gets to do that's up to body to decide whether or not he wants to live or not live anymore. Right. And all he asks, all he's asking is for someone to help him with burying him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's not. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that's very, like subtly beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we don't, I don't believe we have any clue. There are no clues as to what happens to body. We don't, I mean, we can't, there, there's no way to predict whether or not that the sleeping pills will work or that he actually, it actually will kill him. There's not a way to predict that that will happen. But what we can see is the effect that these three passengers have on him. And I think that regardless of whether or not he dies, he has a little bit of hope that he might not. And that if he doesn't, all will not be lost. Mm. Because originally, he's just like, I'll be dead. I swear, there's no doubt in my mind that I'll be dead. So all you've got to do is bury me. As soon as as soon as uh, Bagiri agrees, he's paranoid. What if it doesn't work? What if you bury me alive? What if I'm still alive? But, when... but, the, thing is, but the thing is, he says that, like, if I'm alive, help me out of the hole. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, he already, uh, he always knew that, but he never felt the need to be secure. It's like, if I'm alive, I'll be awake. What if I'm not awake? What if I'm uh, I'm alive, but I'm asleep? Do you think I'm dead then? Am I dead? If I'm asleep, am I dead? And will you just kill me by suffocating me and putting dirt on top of my face? Like, yeah, I get it. It it it, it that make that makes sense. You you are and you're and you're absolutely right. That is exactly what he says to uh both previous members of the the car as well. But he doesn't say that last thing like throw a couple of rocks on me to make sure I am dead. Exactly, or and I am I, alive. Yeah, and I think that by saying that he wants to be absolutely sure that he's dead before anything 
uh, he, he, he there is there is a little bit of doubt in his mind that this plan is not completely foolproof and that, you know, there still is the possibility that even if he goes through with it, he could still eventually wake up the next day. Yeah. And how about that Louis Armstrong at the end? That beautiful- oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and then and then the film goes into what I mentioned towards the beginning of the episode, Kurosami's uh kind of flourish, where the film turns into behind the scenes shoot, yeah, of the film set, and and you see you know Kurosami, you see the rest of the you know the crew which by the way very small crew like a skeleton crew for this film yeah maybe a total of like 50 people worked on this yeah including cast that includes the cast cast um, I, think I see seven cast maybe even less than 50 like 20 30 yep yeah um but uh yeah and so you see you see everybody um and you know i was like whoa what um <laughs> and I, I i read i read a review on letterboxd someone's kind of like take on it mm-hmm. and Um, I forget what he said, and uh, but I, if from what I vaguely remember, he's the 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 reviewer mentioned something along the lines of, you know, the character of body, and this is kind of a reoccurring theme in Kurosami's filmography, where these characters are people that we follow, but they're kind of extent like they're they're imitations of life to the most realistic extent i suppose um is kind of what the reviewer is getting at um so it's not for us to kind of imprint ourselves onto the characters because it's like you know you're taking a step back and you're remembering oh wait this is just a movie but it's also real life um like there are people that go through this um but on the other hand it's like you know in this context these characters you saw weren't real people but there are real people that may i don't know it's confusing but um either way either way regardless of that uh, i i mean kirstami's vision is very clear in terms of like you know the the film is truly and I know this sounds sound cliche, but it's truly a an examination of the human condition. Um and uh like you know from the perspective of life and death and um and it's so I don't know I think that this is something because when I finished watching it I couldn't I was just kind of thinking about it very heavily and it was a very 
sobering film for me to watch. Um, but I wasn't, you know, again, I've never been in that situation before. Um, so I couldn't fully relate to what he was, you know, the character was going through. But on the other hand, I felt a need to kind of reach my arm out and, and help him and like be there for him. Um, and regardless of whether or not, you know, my help was ultimately something he found to be helpful for him. I mean, that was, that's not me for me to decide that's up for him to decide. But I think in that, in that way, the, the film showcases like the beauty of, of life. Um, and like of 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 what it, what it means to kind of be human. I don't oh. know. That's 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 kind of what I have to say. That's beautiful. I mean, I I didn't rate it as highly, just because I feel as though there could have been more done with advancing the plot advancing the the person that is body um he could have told the soldier what was happening i mean he learns and 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 informs the seminarian and therefore the seminarian also doesn't think that he's going to get killed or something like that but i i i feel as though the rev uh, the revelation of the very basic situation takes far too long i mean it takes about half the movie before the fact of what body is trying to do actually becomes apparent which is probably bad like if 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 we're in finding nemo and the first 45 minutes of finding nemo is everyone together in peace and harmony harmony and then halfway through that's when nemo gets lost you're kind of like well okay i get it it had to happen it's in the title he we had to lose the fish but also couldn't that have happened about 30 minutes earlier and then we could have actually seen more conflict more drama more information like i'm not we're not i'm not even looking for body to have a monologue about himself or talk about himself but to be so cryptic about what what he's doing doesn't do i mean it makes sense in the moment no understanding that it's a taboo subject but it's also you know it's gonna be obvious anyway you might as well just tell them I mean, you're going to take the kid to a grave and not tell him it's yours. <laughs> I mean, you're going to take the seminarian up and like. I thought he oh, does, doesn't he? He does. Am I tripping? I thought he does tell him what he what he needs to do. I mean, probably he when probably does. He says he yeah, needs I'm pretty to throw, sure he does, doesn't he? I'm sure he, he needs to throw the dirt in the hole. But like. Oh, by the way, there's going to be a body in the hole. Oh, by the way, that body's going to be me. Hello. 
I like, thought he says that. I could have sworn he said that. Maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. I mean, I, I regardless of whether or not he says it explicitly, he keeps his cards too close to his vest. He's going to commit suicide. He needs somebody to help him. He's not looking. He's trying to befriend uh, the passengers rather than ask uh rely on their humanity and ask them uh the favor of 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 helping him i mean he's he's offering compensation he's relying on greed and he's relying on the financial need over the you know compassionate empathetic help your fellow man type deal because i think that that that, that probably speaks a little bit more to how he views people but i i it, it takes him too long for somebody who's probably been doing this for more than one day like i don't think that this is a new decision that this is the first time that he's going out asking people for help in this matter i i, I think that in an attempt to be cryptic um kiristami and through body loses me a little bit and that that's my knock on the film it's wonderfully written i mean it's it's very that back half the entire half with bagiri is a plus primo fantastic Mm -hmm. but i think that the the inciting action needs to be sooner or at least he needs body needs to explain what what he's doing sooner not 25 45 minutes into the film mm, i see i see i mean it's it's what 97 minutes 95 minutes something like that like mm. you and yeah it's short is, yeah it's pretty short and some of that is credits too. So it's yeah. about we'll say it's about 90 minutes. Yeah, it's not too long. 90 minutes, you go you take a third of that, not really knowing what this guy's doing in his car. Yeah. I mean it, it, it could it could be even shorter. It's not, but it could be. It, it I don't think it matches his it wouldn't match his style. It wouldn't match the type of movie that he is looking to make. But it could be shorter. I mean it also mm. could get deeper, I think. As what? Well. what? It also could get deeper. I think it's pretty deep. Mm, yeah, I would agree. But I think it also there's there's room. I mean, this this I mean it's pretty there, simple. I mean, it's a simple film on the surface, but there's a lot to discuss about it. Exactly. So I think it's fairly deep. I, I know. I agree. I, I I think that it can, there's space to go be even deeper. I think there is space to discuss more or at least have a a, a, a stronger or more solidified point about life you can't he i think he can stick he can make a a, 
a more concrete theme than the the work that he he has already put into this really not lovely work. Mm. Okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't hear that dog bark, right? I did hear that dog bark, but that's okay. I'm doing my little pageant wave, so we're all good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Um It was pretty cool. Yeah. I agree. It was my first um my first Iranian film uh that I've ever seen. And so that was that was a pretty cool experience. Um plus like fishing around the list uh that you had um on there i was like wow i haven't even heard of some of these and i was like oh i'll just look up one i'll look up one of these i think i picked it random taste of cherry and i was like oh this sounds really good i i let's do it i wasn't this i can't i was not disappointed what was that i was not disappointed oh my god good Yay! All right. Well, yeah, it was taste of cherry. Um, as far as next week is concerned, um, we'll cross I don't that know. We'll bridge. figure it out. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, taste of cherry. Abbas Kirstami. Um. Cinematic Odyssey. Forever. <laughs>